So, Steve, um, just quickly, what I've known you for years now, since 1999, SK Kellen, that's you. What's the K? Is that, let me guess, is it Kenneth? Kenneth. Yeah, I think Correct. it would have been because of your vintage. It wouldn't have been Kian or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when we met in 1999, we were both doing a dip ed, and you... Um, and, uh, and we got talking and I recognised your name. You said you're a partner. I said, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to always wanted to be a poet. And you said, yeah, all painters want to be poets and all poets want to be painters, <laughs> yeah. which is that O'Hara kind of, you know, sardines and oranges kind of thing, isn't it? But um, I, I know what you meant immediately, but um, it still seems to even hold true after, for me anyway, after, you know, like being since art school when I was, that was 19, 1990, I started art school when I was 16 and now it's, you know, 2019. And I still feel the same way. What about yourself still? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like, yeah, I love paintings, of course. And I did, you know, I used to paint when I was very much younger, just just for pleasure. And it is pleasure. Occasional sketch, but not so much lately because too many other things to do. And mm-hmm. Even writing, you've got to find time for yeah. mostly. So, and, but um, yeah, I can see the relationship between them. They're, they're sort of, a, I think, the same similar sort of thing that works in the mind and, the feeling you have when you're out and about and suddenly you're in the zone, you want to create something, I can see that. And the timelessness that you get into, I, I, I think that's pretty much the same. And that, that sort of, it is a kind of, let's face it, a pleasurable thing when you're in that zone and writing yeah. or painting, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's all, I mean, when we talk, I mean, I assumed when you said painting, I, I was meaning the plastic arts in general, whether it be a yeah. you know, drawing or you yeah. know, any, anything visual, that kind of stuff. Visual art, yeah. Yeah, and, and I sort of wonder... Because it's when you look at another medium, you know, like whether it be part, like some that's not, you know, like you can draw, you can paint a bit, you know, they all sort of interchange. Well, the same if you're a poet, you can write an essay, you know, yeah. you know it's, it makes sense. But you look at other ones and go, oh, it'd be good if I could just do that. Because all mm. the things you can't do in your medium, all the limitations of that yeah. choice that you do, you think, yeah, if I could just change lanes, but you can't, you know, mm. and people try off and it doesn't really work. And it sort of, sh- and that's what I mean, like it shows those limitations. So the interesting thing about you as a poet, which it's actually was quite an influence on me when I was young when I met you, because I just, I mean, I knew your poems a bit, you know, and then when getting there, I got to know them more, but it's just the range of subjects. You're not really, you don't get stuck on, you know, you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I'm a pastoral, but no, no, no one no. would anymore, but you know what I mean? But you're, you, you, you'll go and write about, I don't know, from, you know, native animals to feral ones to mountains to just other more vernacular kind of things around camp, you know, just... Sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. And then the other thing is, yeah, like, the, the other one's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Star Trek and all that. Anything. Like, yeah. yeah, domestic interests, like, just around the house. Like, you you really will write anything that comes your way if it's your interest, isn't it, you know? Yeah, basically, because I think everything... Ha- everything is poetic or has moments of, I guess, rapture, you know? I, I mean, even, you know, sometimes sweeping the backyard, something like that, that can take me somewhere you know and and it does there's a, a, a poetry to it and a, you know a ballet to it if you like whatever I, I just find things so tend to strike me as a you know bango I'm in a poem and there it is you know because is that a because I know I mean we've never talked about this ever but you have a real love of um the, the sort of the east, but more sort of, I suppose, southeast day, like Vietnam, those sort of places. Don't you mm-hmm. have a, is there, I mean, I mean, I know you've, you've written East about Asia, yeah, yeah, East Asia. I guess America. I love, I've done a lot of writing in America too, yeah, because yeah. I think what I find is I'll, I'll be somewhere else and just the difference really entrances me. I find it really interesting and, and it, it suggests things to me and it, it's like, you know, well, it's a new world sort of thing, um, but not that different, you know, I mean, I like to, I get into the similarities and the differences and 
I guess, you know, I like to write things that make different things seem familiar and familiar things seem different. So, you know, I can write about the washing machine being like doing a rain dance or something, you know, being yeah. part of a rain dance, you know, it's sort of, yeah. But that, but what I was going to say also is that um, what I was talking about with uh, um, in, in East Asia or maybe Asian general, but, but particularly, you know, um, I suppose, oh, anyway... A lot, well, of well, yeah. a lot of poems I wrote when I was living in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah but not just that. But I, I just thought when you said, like, you know, whether it be sweeping or the washing machine, mm. there is something, I suppose, some people would say, I'm not trying to make a soft point on it, but that almost Buddhist Zen interest in the ordinary, you know, like those mountain poets mm. and, uh, you know, like in Chinese parts where, you, you know, you sort of find the more... It's not deliberately finding the lowly kind of things, mm. but just the ordinary things. It's, uh, and I, we've never talked about that, but you must have a bit of a slight... Buddhist interest to you or, or yeah I guess so yeah I mean I used to be no. more interested in it I mean I used to actually sort of read about it and study it a bit and you know yeah. think yeah it, it's a very cool way to be part of life you know to think of life it's, it's not doctrine so doctrinaire zen thinking yeah. is really good too and and it leads into other healthy things like martial arts and sport you know which which are really good too and but also just sort of I I mean, I, I have an interest in that sort of stuff as well, like philosophy in general, but mm. there is something about, um, you know, Buddhist thinking and particularly it's really highlighted Zen where you sort of, the things you come across in your world, I mean, it's so varied Buddhism, but you, instruments are things that um, they become not just cultural objects when you come across something, but they become, they can offer the individual an autonomy, you know, depending on how you use that object. Mm. So an object may be, like, I don't know, you might, like we were talking about computers, well, like a computer could be a thing on a desk, but you could end up just using the doorstop, mm. you know. And there's something about taking ownership of that so you can express yourself through the world. And as a poet, you know, yeah. words which are used for communication, generally like I'm going to the shots, but then removing them into, you know, you know forms of expression and, and taking those ordinary things that people don't bother to look at seems to be, um, well, I mean, all, I suppose, you know, it is the history of poetry is trying to, Generally speaking, is you know where do we come from? Who are we? Where we're going? Those typical, you know, like not in a boring way, but that's the broader appeal of it. Yeah, I guess, I guess in a, I, poetry. It's sort of like a a way of, I guess, seeing things. It's sort of you know you like to be startled by a poem, you know, and and, and it's almost the chemical reaction it has in your brain. I guess it's when you hear a piece of music that makes you feel good, or a painting that makes you feel something different and a poem I guess should do the same thing you know mm. it just sort of does something inside your brain or, or your heart even that. Mm. have you found that over the years like I mean we were both teachers and I noticed when I was teaching for a while you know teaching well about 10 years in the visual arts as a um, it seems that people more and more are trying to nail down the subject of pictures and what it all means and it's you know it's almost becoming a little bit sort of scientific in a way you know like what and, it, um, and the whole for me always the in the broadest sense of art, was a, it was a mysterious kind of thing, and to investigate those things was to sort of it was never going to demystify it. It was going to lead you down the wrong path yeah. a little bit. I don't know. Do you you have any thoughts on that? Like over the oh, years, analysis and criti- I mean, criticism is good. I mean, I see criticism as a way of getting into a, a work of art. You know, it, oh, now I get it. You know, now I see it rather than oh, it means this and it means that and it means that. And at the end of it all, you you sort of left what it was behind, and you, yeah. you you're in a sort of a a kind of a more pedestrian sort of view of what you were just enjoying and, and, and finding some some meaning in that might might be a bit intangible but might come together and strike you years later. I mean, that that's the thing. Things tend to have that resonance that it doesn't have to affect you immediately. But I, I think 
there was a time when they were, everything was being analysed and chopped up and looked at and kind of killing, you know, making things sort of boring, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm all for... Homogen- I mean, almost homogenising things. So, yeah, I guess putting everything on an equal playing field, which I guess can be useful, but it can also be pretty... Yeah. I mean, criticism I'm, I'm all for. Like, I, I feel that the critics quite essential but it's not just an outside like it's you as the critic at your own work you know like mm. I think it was at Iago nothing if not critical you know yeah. I think it's important to look at your work and go well is this have I managed to achieve where mm. I've gone and I suppose with poetry or anywhere you get to a line you come back and look next time and think, oh, I think I, I think I straight off the path you just rub it out and yeah. it's the same as a painting you do yeah. something you go I don't know what I was thinking there you know I was, yeah. you know, start again throw it away or paint over it or you know whatever you do so it's, it's not about the criticism it's more about um, I think that there's an urgency, I would say, the poets that I've got to know and write as they get something like saying, oh, I've, something's just arrived and I need mm. to get it down. And and, um, and there's a want to get into, um, you know, you, there's a desire to go and make a picture with no exhibition in mind or waiting to sort of find some, in, you know, some I don't know, venue or something for it. Or like, I mean, I'm sure you've, like the collection of poems that, you know, um, with Luckful Man, these are poems that date back you know, a long time, and they've just been assumed just sitting around on the oh, computer and stuff. Oh, some have been in books. Yeah, some have, some but have been some have been some seen. Have, out, some yeah. are new. Some are, yeah. some have been, of course, reworked because you know you go back to poem and think that's not quite right. I'll fix it up now. You know, well, you know, it, it's just the way it is. You know, that old saying of poems never finished; it's only abandoned. You know, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess a lot of my poems that get abandoned at different stages, and then I find them again and. And then work on them again and then abandon them once again, you know. They sort of, not all poems, but a lot of poems, I don't think it's, they call it bowlerising or whatever that yeah. term is. I don't think I quite do that. I think basically it, it, it stays as a draft for me. I, you yeah. know, I mean, some are just, they're finished, that's it. But a lot I go back to and go, whoa. And it might be just a word or a line ending needs, I think, fixing up and I'll do it, you know. To me, they're, they're sort of, they're, they're not been and gone they're sort of still there and you know some some of them need reworking some of them become different poems altogether sometimes you start off with one draft 10 drafts later it's it, it's nothing like the original you've got two poems there yeah because i remember that one uh, uh the new don juan you know yeah. you really split between which versions you wanted yeah. to eventually put when you i think the first version was the first published version wasn't the the first, you know what I mean? But I no. think you had a preference for the first version that you felt, oh, yeah. I remember we talked about quite a bit. I ended up publishing them both in separate yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, because the first, the first one that I, the first finished one, it was just, it just flowed and went, and the second one was more formal, like the actual original Don one, Byron's Don one. Mm-hmm. I, I put it into that format, the October Rima, and, and, you know, worked out the rhythm. And, and what I did, I worked it towards the middle, so it got closer and closer to the line ending and the rhyme scheme and everything until it actually reaches and then it falls apart again, which I think is kind of pretty clever. But the original one has that more of that, it's a grittier poem and, yeah. you know, more of more kick-ass, as they say. <laughs> they say today. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but it, it, it was. It's more kick-ass. Well, the second one, it's witty and funny and, and more, I guess, restrained. I mean, they're, they're both different qualities, you know? And I mean, they're, they're different poems that are the same poem. But yeah. yeah, it's like you see a lot of the albums today, they sort of go back through old mm. catalogue and find early recordings and yeah. bootleg ones. And they, oh, I mm. like this mono recording of just acoustic, you know, you know, and people, it's a rawer thing and they're different. It's not a. Yeah. yeah. But um, I was going to ask um, with um, the limits of 
like all mediums have their limits and 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 you must hit stuff in poetry where you think oh this is this is more of a novel or something and you mm. abandon it or i don't know like it's moving in a direction mm. and um and i feel that it must be i mean i'm no i'm no poet but there's um there's something about like when I think of dance, I think it's a really pure form of expression. Like kids will jump up and down with excitement. It's essentially dance, you know. The mm. music, they just it's, and you don't really sort of say, "Oh, dance is made of the human body." Like it is <laughs> the, the dance is the medium. Like yeah. it's not, and 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 because of maybe it's a West thing, the sort of separation of mind and body. But mm. poems aren't made of words. They just, do you know what I mean? They they're, they're in the words. They, yeah, they're one yeah. of the same. They're yeah. the same. Whereas I think it's fair to say that you know paintings are made of paint, but it's um, but it's not. Um, you know that's not what an image is it could be made of but it it seems that poetry seems the mental version of of dance as a form like it's it's it doesn't have any interruption like between you could because i mean of course i imagine the history of poetry is not recorded but it's largely oral for sure like you think of aboriginal poets that we only hear about that can't be told outside of the within their um, own Customs and rituals are not being printed or translated, so they because they they sort of seen as having a real mythological, you know, a spiritual significance. They're not passed. They're not given up publicly. They they belong to their own group of you know people who only they need to hear. And it could be divided. Through. I haven't even heard about that. So yeah, well, apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like the corroborees, you know, like mm-hmm. there's. I mean, I don't know much about it, but from what I've heard, sacred. Yeah, they're sacred. sacred. Things, so it's like a sacred yeah. text, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, so therefore, there's it's not for the public domain, you know. Um, so you can imagine the entire oral traditions of poems that would have been spoken. They would have been called poems that just would have mingled in with their life, you know. And I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's something interesting about poetry. Like, I've always favoured it as a... Which is why I always wanted to work with poets, with Finlay Press and that sort of stuff, because I, I just sort of see it as a really clean... There's something clean about... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm asking you, the author, like... I mean, oh. you're just so close to it, you don't notice. I don't know. I don't, it's just... I, I, it's just a thing, you know. It's a thing that you do and you start doing it and you, you find that you've, you can do it. I, I mean, I think it's if you're good at, say, football, you're going to be a football player if you love it and everything. And you start off writing and and then, yeah, you have to you sort of read it. You've got to read a lot, obviously. You read back and forth and past. And basically, it's all one big river of po- poetry, really. So it, it's sort of where you... You're just in that river, you're swimming in it and or surfing on it, whatever, however you approach it, but that's it, you know. I mean, there's a, obviously a million metaphors for it. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look, it's not my intention to try and define it. I mean, oh, no, 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 but I'm just saying <laughs> how it work, how, why, why you do it and why you're there. It's just, you, well, yeah. you, end, you sort of end up there. I, I, you know, I just, you suddenly you just end up writing and getting yeah. Well, there's there's things like you said before, like you know you could be sweeping the floor or whatever. But there are things that I would refer to as poetic that had nothing to do. Like the, I mean, we all use that term. Oh, that's very poetic justice, mm. or whatever. Yeah. But there, it, it's it, um, there is a sort of a, um, there are there, like in a literary sense, there's things that I don't really see as like I don't think of Hamlet as a play as much as a giant poem. You know, I don't really. It is. I, I think of it as a giant comedy, actually, a very funny poem. <laughs> yeah, it's you know? a weird, yeah, especially like Yorick of the Grey. That's yeah. weird. It's much more so to a. Oh, the way. I mean, it is a comedy. Everyone says yeah. it's a tragedy. It's no, not. It, it's no. a. It. It. It's sort of a. a it's the funniest, you know. Yeah. And, and when he's talking about let's not speak of country yeah. matters, yeah, yeah, that's, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean th- there's just too much funny stuff. And then when he kills everybody and everyone, yeah. 
It's sort of like yeah, the hills Polonius. Yeah. You know? well, well, it's really suits Polonius, sort of, and yeah. Polonius is yeah. such a funny, sensible guy. And, and in terms of the play, he's such he's, a funny duddy as well. Yeah, he like sort of deserves to be killed, you know, because <laughs> yeah. he's so sensible. You know, all these. Yeah. Well, yeah. like how the white, like the death of Rose and Cranston and Guildenstern. Like, I mean, there's lots of yeah. things in that play that are just very like. I think that um, the grave diggers, you know, with uh, and Yorick, that little bit there. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought that would have been a perfect scene. Well, that's sort of something Beckett might have been, but I would have loved to have seen Adrian Edmondson and Rick Mail do that scene. Yeah, you know, with Derek Jacoby as Hamlet. What are they like those two guys? You know, but or Peter Cook or someone. There's something so funny about that scene, talking yeah. about graves and they last forever yeah. and all this. And who is it the, when the general turns up after the? The massacre turns up and he goes, what the hell is going on here, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, well, imagine that um, Laides comes back and yeah. finds them dead. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. But, I, but, I, but I think that it's, it's, it's like of any time, like as we move along, we start to see the humour more, like there was in the 19th century Hamlet with you know, all those romantics and stuff, saw it in a different way. Mm. But, but so I see Ulysses as a giant poem, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's like there's just so many pretty parts that have nothing to do with the plot, you know, yeah. just someone observations of you know the snot green water and all that sort of stuff and you know the dog chasing the seagull shadow there's and the, of course the last chapter is just one giant kind of prose poem yeah it so, just goes on you know, and yeah and there's lots of things yeah. like that. so it, so you can find like poetry in lots of parts of literature like a favorite line of mine i don't i was you know which is of all you see if you can guess it but you may guess it and i don't even know if it's actually was written down i've never read the book it came from but it's from a film it's even guess line goes ladies and gentlemen boys and girls the Chocolate Room, <laughs> which is Willy Wonka. Well, you know, and, and there's something about it. It's like the creation of the earth. It's like yeah. this fantastic God. It goes, okay, Adam and Eve, you know, the, the Garden of Eden. Yeah. But in this one, it resonates with me as a kid. I don't think it... And then that, you know, I remember that scene, but when you hear it even today, I think, like, like what a, what a, what a marvellous start to something, mm. you know, because I love chocolate. But you know what I mean? It's, there is some... I'm not saying it's great poetry, but it does sort of resonate enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. though? But it's... It yeah. could, so I think that when that moves out in other directions, like I know you'll become quite a table tennis fan. It's one thing to score a point, but there's another way it can be done in such a beautiful way. You admire that. Yeah. There is, it's the same in chess and yeah. boxing and stuff. Or cricket, it doesn't matter. Like poetry, um, um, baseball, you know. Like, yeah. Well, sport, I mean, it, the real sports people are the ones who lose beautifully too. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, they just play magnificently or run, whatever. And they can lose a win. It doesn't matter. What they've done is, is amazing. You know, the, you know, the final, you know, like I remember there was... A couple of years ago, Federer versus Nadal, and everyone was going for Federer, and I, I just thought, well, I really don't care who wins. It's such an amazing game, mm. and but they both deserve to win, but mm. only one can win. But seriously, it, you know, they, it's so amazing what they do that it mm. doesn't matter who wins. And then you see really ugly stuff, like of course the most infamous, like Greg Chapel's the, the decision oh. to have, you know, I think it was Ian Boulder or Trevor Boulder, the, the yeah. Mully Grubber and Rob Mars, don't do it don't, against New Zealand with one ball with yeah. six. I think they needed six to win or something, whatever it was, but it was or six to draw, I think, mm. even. you know, It was just such a miserable thing to do and it's, it was so ugly. You and know, didn't need it. And unless, yeah, yeah, you don't need it, but the, the, to those, yeah. obviously some people need to win. Yeah, yeah. Really but, uh, hard. yeah. And I think, anyway, like when you look at those things as an aesthetic form in life, you know, and you must, uh, you know, by the way you work, you must see that, you know, watching the telly when you, you might be watching, like I said, like Battlestar, like Star Trek and sci-fi mm. stuff and, then you know, like you drawing all this in from so many areas, and it's there is a comfortableness with poetry. Where it's, I'm not, I'm not, no means I'm saying it's easy. I'm not suggesting that for a moment, but it does offer the opportunity to move through lots of different things uh, if you're that way inclined, which you are, you know. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, finding those um, poetic qualities. I, I mean, there's no, there's no recipe for it. Otherwise, we'd all be doing it. You mm. know, what I mean, like there's no clear instruction. But I guess. 
um, I guess, I guess it's not way to ask how do you do it, but extreme how do you... eclecticism is my view. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. you know you just everything's there. It's all you know, just as long and always try to have a a good natured spin on things. Rather, you know what I mean. I mean, better accentuate the positive and not bother with the negative, as the song goes. You know. Yeah. Don't mess with Mr. In Between sort of thing. <laughs> but that's a bit like, like you know, the, the mulligan that's so ugly. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. It's, you know, trying to find things that are... Um, that... I guess that's what humour's for, you know? I mean, humour can deal with that kind of stuff better than, say... I mean, there's funny poetry, but humour itself can deal with the, yeah. you know... Are you a, do you ever read limericks much? Oh, I used to. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, but, the, you know, but like, you know, Lear, of course. Yeah. And, uh, Lear and... And I know I know Peter Cook wrote a few good ones as well, you know. Um, but I mean, I, I think you know, there's there's people like I mean, there must be so many. I mean, because there's so many things out there that can easily be overlooked, you know. Mm. Um, you know, you could. It, it's just so. I mean, because it must change so much. I mean, I mean, we know it does change from one country to another, or culture, colour how poetry is viewed. I know the Russians can get very serious about it, and <laughs> and 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 then how they're celebrated in their own country, like, uh, um, you know, the way that. Like we're talking, you know, obviously looking here at Australia, and it's it's not the most, and I suppose it's never been the most popular form, but it's changed a lot in your time, hasn't it? You know, like it's. It used to be. More, I don't know. I mean, it used to be. I mean, you used to be able to sort of half make, halfway make a living out of it. You know, you publish books and 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 they'd sell enough. You know, if you sold a thousand books, two thousand books, you're going fine. But now you're lucky if you sell three or four hundred books, and you know, the, the, there was always that sort of public patronage sort of thing, government patronage and, and private patronage that used to happen, not so much these days, you know, and it's just it's just the way it is, you know. I mean, there's no point, you know, being sad about it or anything. Oh, just, no, no, I wasn't, yeah, yeah. like, I, I mean, in many ways there's probably, there's a lot of upsides to that mm. as well and a lot of downsides, you know, like it's not stopping you, you're still writing yeah, stuff. Yeah, you just do it and you just do it. And I mean, you know, before... Before you sort of felt like you were part of a society and society recognised it. Now you just do it anyhow and maybe that's how it's supposed to be. Maybe not being an outlier or whatever they call them, but yeah. you know, you just do 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 it and do what you've always done and want to do, you know. It really but the the fact that it's changed slightly, things have shifted a bit, it's just a different world and Oh yeah, yeah. But, you know, and then, and then again, you go on the internet, and there's poetry is the second most oh search term after sex, of course. Yeah, you know, porn, yeah. Yeah. maybe yeah. it's an accidental thing because they're typing porn. They poetry. Yeah, they hit poetry by mistake. Yeah, the letters are next to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like yeah R is right next to E. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could be God. I meant poetry. Yeah, it's good porn. I'm looking for porn, not poet. Um, but now it's 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 one of those things that I also feel that people are. A bit unrelaxed about too, you know. It's like mentioning the word philosophy or poetry. It's mm. all like the. It's like mentioning Jesus. All of a sudden, oh, there's a lot doing of, ballet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like oh, geez, the conversation's taking yeah. a turn. But it's it's yeah. not um like mentioning poetry doesn't mean all of a sudden we're moving into an area that's so far out of reach. It's mm. it's when and especially when you think of how many people actually enjoy the lyrics of mm. music. I'm not saying they're the same thing, but no. they're not worlds apart. No, either, no, not you know? at all. And I, I mean, it takes the. I mean, pop music songs are just poems. You know have, that are made to be accessible, more accessible than easily accessible, and go with music. You know, yeah. yeah I mean, and, and, you know, because they have different structures, they're more repetitious, and this, that, and the other. Mm. And, um, when, um, whenever I go to a 
like sometimes I'll go to a book launch and someone reads out a poem and I sort of panic a bit because I don't I don't know how long they're going to read the poem. Like I don't know how long the poem is. Like you think, yeah. oh, this could go for twenty minutes. It go for it could be a high. It go for you know fifteen seconds. And for me, poetry's always had a really strong. Um, the main interesting one's always been its visual appearance, like it's the shape of the poem, especially mm. like verse poems and and people like you know like Robert Lax and you know there's you know, Cummings and people like that who do you know there's ones that I think are really good like that and there's yeah. others that are a bit sort of um, well I'm not I'm not being critical but ones that less interest to me and then of course Dylan Thomas with his wings and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. there's always you know, Lewis Carroll yeah. you know with his yeah. mouse there's always things like that. but um I, I don't know when I, I I sort of when I get a, an anthology or I I sort of Look at the shape of the poem. Is that a you know? Do you well, ever sometimes if something looks kind of like a, a brick wall that you're going to bang your head against? That's yeah. that that's what I, I that's how I I might approach it. I might be pleasantly surprised to find it sort of really supple within it, not yeah. a brick wall. And then if it is a brick wall, it's a brick wall. I mean, well, I, I'm really fond of um, Thomas Bernhard, and he just writes those entire novels like The Woodcutter and you know. Mm. Um, um, Lime works and stuff, you know those ones, and they're just big. The whole thing's a big paragraph, like the last mm. chapter. You'll see, and it doesn't. That doesn't put me off. I love that. But when I look at a poem, I sort of go, "Oh, I don't know if I want to read that long one first. So I don't. I sort of fish around a bit before. I, I don't know. Do you ever? I, there's something about. Yeah, I, I, you know, some, you know I'm trying to get it. Like mm, a, it's, yeah. it's hard to put your finger on. Some anthologies, I'll go for. Oh, I don't know. You just something that if you go for the ones where it sort of jumps out, a line will jump out at you, or some words, or a good, good title, or you know something like that, but. Generally, you know, you, you don't have to read them from, pay, from you know, page one to page, the final page. You can, open, I like opening them at random and uh, here's a poem here, a poem there and mm. that kind of thing. And taking your time with, with a big book or a big book of poems and anthology, mm. I, I don't want to read it in one go sort of thing. I'll read it and I'll be doing something else, but I'll open it up and then, you know, spend an hour or two reading it another time and, mm-hmm. you know, just, yeah, enjoying it rather than, you know... Not, it's not like eating. You don't have to do it all in one meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never read a book. You know, yeah. like the last... Uh, I bought Gerald Manane's book of poetry that came out maybe I know, a few months ago or something. And uh, I, I, need, I didn't read it. So I didn't sit there and go through it for a couple of and jumped around and, you know, come back and look yeah. at some poems and that. And, and I had all my poetry books next to my bed. And um, and, I, and I'm a big annotator in novels and stuff, mm. and essays, I like, but I never do it to poetry books. I feel it interferes when I'm reading. I just, I don't even underline it, but other ones I'll write things mm. in the margins and that. I just, there's something about the, the appearance on the page and the look. I just, I don't know, it, it feels important. Even the like, typeface, all that sort yeah. of stuff really can inform a poem in a, a very different manner, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it really makes a difference. If, if you've got something that nice clear typeface as opposed to something that might be blurry. I don't mean mm. sometimes it does come out blurry, but something clear typeface, well positioned on the, you know, balanced on the page and if it goes over a couple of pages, yeah, I mean, there's that aesthetic to it too mm. which makes it kind of... Because I guess if they're not, you know, you take a novel or an essay or you're reading along and if, if there is something's printed a bit poorly or whatever, you think, oh, I can make out the word and you're, you're yeah. carrying the content a lot more, yeah. like the story, the plot, whereas a... <laughs> poem you think oh that's it sort of pulls you up sharper like yeah, you know, yeah. it works like an exclamation you think, oh that's a bit, you know i don't know that's yeah just, and, and because there's there are less words you want them to be sort of you know i mean things like layout and stuff you want it to be better i mean i mean i remember some of the harry potter novels that there'd be a lot of typos in them and you know oh, really i would have thought that would have been really heavily edited you'd think so but Monday. there are a few i think i got i mean admittedly in about i read about four of the books i, I probably got 
four or five altogether. But they just surprised me because I thought, well, you know, this book is just, you know, they must be able to have sub sub editors and proofreaders the whole lot, yeah, yeah. you know. But it, I guess the text is so massive that it somehow it manages to get through. Yeah, yeah. Then again, maybe it makes it a bit rougher, you know. And wow, look at this, you know. Well, it certainly wouldn't be intentional. Like no, no. I don't worry about it if you make mistakes. Yeah. It's all right. The kids won't notice, but the kids kids totally notice. Yeah. Oh well, they well I remember teaching the kids you'd seen Kane this tattered kind of copy of the. I've never read one. I'm not saying that I've never read one, but I just haven't. Um, and they'd be worn out. They'll just finish it, and oh, I'm going to read it again, and I'll just dog eared and you know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. she saved. J.K. Rowling saved reading in the beginning, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. in the 21st century. It was sort of everyone thought, oh, I remember, what's his name? Oh, Steve Jobs said, oh, no one reads anymore when he put out the iPod. Oh, what someone said, why isn't there on the original one books on it? And he said, oh, no one reads anymore. I mean, but I think... Of course people do, but yeah, yeah. And they do, and, <laughs> and within a, a year or two, you, you, you could easily read on an mm-hmm. iPod. You know, the first ones didn't have it, but and now, of course... Ebooks are big, but mm-hmm. you know, at first at that stage, and I, I wonder if it was, you know, obviously it wasn't just the Harry Potter books, but geez, I'll tell you what, they sold tens of millions of copies, uh-huh. and kids who were giving up on it and just into computer games or just basically not read, just not doing anything, mm-hmm. suddenly loved reading and, and mm-hmm. couldn't stop reading. On um on that actually with um, reading because there is something about the length of things can put people off reading. Oh, it's a bit longer. I don't want to read it. Like I was talking about when I look at a poem, I, I don't necessarily favour shorter ones, but I sort of dip, I look at one of those first, and it doesn't really give a proper indication of the whole collection of poems or a book. Or but um, you look at um, um, you know like Facebook and Instagram and and, and Twitter and that and these little short bursts of writing that's yeah. quite popular. And, it's so suited tweets, to yeah, yeah, tweeting. Tweet, sorry, yeah, tweet, yeah, tweets and stuff, and it's so suited to um, like poetry, so suited to that short form. Mm. And I sort of wonder if there's a there may be a, a renewed interest with the younger audience coming through in poetry because they're becoming more familiar with this shorter style yeah, of writing. And, Although they love you know those big epic you know the fantasy books that are always you know five hundred pages yeah, you know, like and, and there'll be a trilogy you know <laughs> yeah. and you know the, the ravens. The Raven's Eye or Heart or whatever. Well, I remember reading those, like Raymond Feast through. and the Belgarian and those ones. Yeah, yeah. I was a kid, you know, a teenager. Yeah, and, they, and, and the Dune, remember Dune? They oh, were, yeah, yeah. I never read one there. But, but um, they, they just, people love that because, and, and I guess um, Lord of the Rings, because they create this entire fantasy world and you're into it. I mean, Game of Thrones, I guess. is Yeah, yeah it's the current. The current, current isn't it? Yeah. Equivalent of it, where you create this, and, and poetry... But, you know, it's like, well, you know, sonnets. Sonnet, you've got to... You try to have a world in every 14 lines, that's it, you yeah. know, and, and that's that's different, you know. Yeah. It's sort of like a slightly extended haiku, but it's yeah. the same idea. I think Marlowe referred to it as a room of infinite space, mm. the sonnet, something like that, you know. Yeah. It's just quite poetic itself, yeah. isn't it? You know? It is, yeah. yeah. It's great. You, you, catch, you do a whole world in 14 lines and boom, bang, you yeah. know. It's sort of like a portal. Does that restriction, you reckon, it's a, it's a bonus? It's like the edge of a canvas almost, isn't it? Like oh, you've got to try and fit it all it's in. It's great, yeah. You, you've, got to, yeah. you've got to do it there. You've got, to, you've got to be concise. You've got to be... You've got to do it that somehow... It, that's where the, the magic of it comes in. You've got to capture a moment or a, 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 an eternity sort of thing just in the 14 lines, you know, and yeah. that's it. I um, When I used to buy books, as you know, and I was printing and all that sort of stuff, I... I got, I got abandoned all these, you know, as you know, I haven't abandoned making prints and stuff, but other people are printing for me, you know, printing my prints and that. But 
I'd go up to the studio and you'd get out a, you know, I'd have scissors and thread and you'd get down a metal ruler and cloth and that. And I felt like a tailor after mm. a while. You think, what am I doing? I thought, no, I've had enough of this. I just want to get something cleaner, something yeah. more pure. And I think there is some, there's some, I don't know whoever said it, um, but it was passed on to me by my old professor at uni, but it was like, and I'd have to ask him if he remember who said it, but it was something like, um, when you're in the realm of design, you're in the realm of evil. <laughs> you know, like, right. Yeah, but sort of, you know, like this sort of, and, and I don't think he means, I don't think it meant like in the idea of sonnets and stuff mm. or anything, but when you get caught up in, um, you know, the, when it becomes too formal, you know, too formal, like too much, but, but your sonnets don't, they're not too strict to the idea of the sonnet no, form, no, are no, they? You know? They're not yeah. Petrarchan or, yeah. they're occasionally Shakespearean slightly. Yeah, yeah. But so, <laughs> so when you define them as sonnets, how is that? Compared? Basically, I, I call them, uh, I, I used to call them almost sonnets or <laughs> almost sonnets and then kind of sonnet. now I call them sonnet-like creatures. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the 14 lines, they're basically, you know, the 10 syllables, you know. Yeah. Iambic, sort of basically approximating to an iambic pentameter. That'll yeah. do, you but you're a bit, Yeah, but it's a bit more relaxed, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit more relaxed yeah. because, um, you know, they're not, they're not sort of mini essays. They're yeah. mini other... Sometimes they're a mini novel, a mini short story, a mini... Just a mini moment, a, a, not mini even, just 14 lines of this or that, you know, 14 lines of philosophy, 14 lines of, of looking at the sky, 14 lines of, you know, the Statue of Liberty crumbling into the, the ocean, you know, that kind of thing, you know, it's just, they're, they're all different, you know, there's, I'm not trying to get much the same there. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was wondering. Yeah. I mean, when I was reading, I thought these aren't strictly sonnets in the way that you, no. people are thinking sonnets, you know, it's yeah. not like... I mean, you've, 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 for that very reason, like if you did, it's like any kind of form is not. If you get so caught up in the formalities of, you know, background, mid-ground, foreground, or a portrait or someone, oh, I better stick to the truth here, you start, yeah. or what, you know, or what I perceive to be, you're starting to say, well, you're sort of leaning in a direction away from expression in a way. You know, you get locked, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I've got to find, I've, got to, I've only got two syllables left, and yeah. <laughs> this is the perfect end with one syllable. You know what I'm trying to say, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, when you, because this is only about this, like the book that we're talking about, well, not really talking about the book, but this recent book, um, it's only about half of the sonnets, isn't it, really? Oh, I've got more, yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah. got a lot of new ones too that, yeah. that are going to be in my next um, sort of general, yeah. I guess, sort of compendium kind of book of big, we've got big poems, little poems, sonnets, you know, and got, you know, basically all sorts of poems and sonnets, yeah. sonnets, but there are a lot of sonnets in it yeah. too, so. I guess that's been all the way through. I've always done a few sonnets here and there, you know, just mm. because I like the form and I tend, I gravitate towards mm. it. I remember, um, this is to do with you saying like all these poems have been over these years and some have been published, but some have probably been sitting there and reworked. Mm. I remember being about Rabindranath Tagore would go up a mountain with a slate and a piece of chalk and he'd just write a poem and mm. wipe it off and write a poem and wipe yeah. it off. And he came back down the mountain or whatever and, and people knew what he was up to and said, oh, it's such a shame you did that because we don't have the poems to read and he said well if I knew people were going to read them I wouldn't have written what I wrote so we don't yeah. so he knows how they could have been dirty they, you know, it's like, weird, like Joyce's no. love letters you know little lust letters to his wife um, I mean I'm not trying to pry that but you must have some poems that you well, not must but they're ones you think oh I'm not ready for people to read yet or, or shouldn't be there, actually there are a few that I shouldn't be ready to read that are in there anyhow yeah yeah they're like they're, they're like yeah. hung on to them just sort of felt oh a bit yeah, something's kept you. Yeah, and um, yeah. a few that yeah, you just yeah, a couple like that. But 
I won't get you to point them out. No, no, no. Don't go anymore. Well, I wouldn't ask, but it's too easy. Well, I'm just saying this. I was listening. Oh, why didn't you? I don't want to. But it it is one of those things that you do at a certain time. Like there's Mm. certain images you make at a time, and you're like, you feel. I don't feel nervous about it now. I think it's not that, but there are. If you don't do them at a certain time, you're not going to do them at all. I think you know. So there must be ones over all these years. You look back and go, "Wow, mate, I wrote that one back then." Mm. You know, or. And you, it's not that you've matured, it's just you're not the same person. Yeah, and you, you must see it differently. Yeah. yeah. You think, oh, that's a bit out there. Because yeah. I know when I look at works, you know, if I see a, a friend or, you know, go to someone's place and see a work I haven't seen in a long time or whatever, I can usually recollect, you know, where I was and mm. sort of the mind, like it could be a, a wrong memory, but I certainly feel I have a memory of my general mood or. And sometimes, you know, the, the temperature of the room, like, mm. you know, I remember the sun coming through, or this, something, you, is it, because poems must work over a long yeah, time. Yeah, I, I mean, there's some poems that I can remember, you know, looking out the window and then, and then starting the poem, you yeah. know, and that's from so decades ago, you yeah. know, just, yeah. you know, looking across a valley and that one where the two lights are the valley's eyes, you know, I just remember, I remember exactly the, the moment I wrote it, you yeah. know, it's just one of those things, you know. I remember years ago um, when I was at um, the edition and book studio at the ANU here and I was printing a, well, assisting printing a lino cut with G.W. Bott, you know, um, the Canberra artist, and she was doing this. She was asked to cut an old Cunahan lino cut that he never cut during his time, but it was, you know, through their estate, she was mm-hmm. asked to cut it and print it. Anyway, um, we got talking about stuff and she was asking about my work and stuff. She knew my work a bit, a little bit, and I, and I said, I always... One day I'd really like to just paint a picture of a chair. Because she said, what sort of things would you really like to do? For, you know, like, and I said, because we were just making chit-chat. And I said, I'd really just like to paint a picture of something like a chair, you know, like those Van Gogh ones. And not like Van Gogh, but that subject. And she said, why don't you do it? Then I said, I just don't feel mature enough yet. Like the, the subject, I don't feel like I've got enough to hang on to. Like mm. it's easy with, not easy, but with figurative art, that there's action and doing that, but try and get the emotion. And, mm. only in, and over the years I've done chairs, but I put things on them and stuff and I did things. But now I've sort of really got further to that and I feel much more comfortable about it. Was there any, like, like for you over the years, other subjects you might have wanted to, not subject, but things, I suppose, that you wanted to tackle but didn't? Mm. I don't know, like something, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, you know what I'm trying to not ask. really, but. no, no. I mean, if something strikes me, you know, if it's just something bango, that's a poem or I'm in it, in it, the poem. I mean, I remember when I, it's funny, like, I mean, I went to America. And I was visiting a professor of poetry of all things in the mid Midwest and South Dakota and, and I got there and it was freezing cold. I remember, I mean, unbelievably cold, and I just couldn't get... I just wanted to write about something, but I couldn't go outdoors because it was too cold. If I did go outdoors, you had to go indoors quickly. And then suddenly, um, the town got hit by a blizzard, and the, the air pressure dropped incredibly, and suddenly my brain just was <laughs> responding. And then I was in writing this poem about the blizzard, and it, it was... I remember it really well because I, there was one word... or. There was an end of a line that I couldn't get a line ending for. And one day, it was about, must have been three o'clock in the morning, the wind was outside blowing it up. And I woke up, sat up, and the two words just were there, you know. Mm. I was sort of, I dreamt the word, two words. Because yeah. I was wondering about these two words. And there it was. So, you know, but I was just, it was this blizzard that made me write. And, yeah. and the, but it, there were two words missing from the whole yeah. thing. And then I got them and boom, I was yeah, done. Well, on that, you're going to read us The Leech. Do you remember when you wrote this? Roughly what year, maybe? Oh, jeez. Um, the Leech. You don't, it would have been in the 90s. Oh, so it's, it's pretty old now. And uh, do you remember roughly where you might have been, or was it...? Uh, probably after being 
having leeches on me, you know, coming home and thinking how um, what resilient, you but, know, coming home and actually having one still on me after driving back from the coast or something. Oh, okay. So you're, here in Canberra, though. You're yeah, right. yeah, in Canberra. Yeah, would have been in Canberra, but after, you know, being somewhere else and yeah, still yeah. having the leech yeah, with yeah. me, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just, that's, so we might hear you read it and see if you're happy to read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to get your glasses. Why not? Just in case, I just want to mess it up. <laughs> Even though I know it pretty well. Okay, the leech. Apart from its voracious appetite for mammalian blood, little is known of the leech's ways. Does it know love or family life? Is there communication? Leaf litter's monster weapon. What can you say about one of nature's torture devices? Except that it leaps like a super gymnast aimed at the veins and was programmed a billion years ago with invisibility and infrared detection. Don't credit the leech with any life force nobility. A sense of fair play is hard to attribute to invertebrates. It exists only to suck blood. Without the vampire's savoir faire, the leech won't attain mythical status. It's just a vicious slug, waiting for the main chance. Leeches fight like hell, yet have never killed. Defending the swamp, the leech mean business. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it, 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 this is a good example of the very thing we've been talking about. I think these things that... Like the leech here is, is no one wants a leech. Like there's that, I remember that great film Stand By Me where he gets on his, yes. <laughs> on his testicles or whatever. And, but no one wants it. But, you know, again, like you sort of honour the leech. But you, well, yeah. I know it, they used to be part of, important part of medicine. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And, and I mean, you've got to respect them. They, they're tough. They've been around for millions of years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. life before man. These yeah. Are... yeah, exactly. <laughs> And probably after the way things are going, but yeah, they're they're tough and um, they love life. Let's face it. They've got to... No, it's great, uh, Steve. Anyway, uh, it's always good to chat. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. I'm sure we will. Cheers, buddy. Okay, thanks for.